said, praise the Lord. You know, it's important to learn the truth about the truth. And uh, generically, everybody, many people will say about God's truth or the Bible being the truth. But you've got to get a little bit deeper than that. You can't be uh, superficial. You've got to get a little bit deeper. And the Bible certainly teaches that. So learn the truth about the truth this morning. If you have a Bible, take a look at God's Word. Thank you, dear God. I'd like to turn your attention to the book of Isaiah. Isaiah 28. Isaiah 28 this morning. If you have trouble finding Isaiah, go to Psalms. That's usually easy to find. And work your way forward a little bit. Isaiah 28. And I would like to begin reading with verse 10. For precept must be upon precept. Precept upon precept, line upon line, line upon line, here a little and there a little. For with stammering lips and another tongue will he speak to this people. Please note verse 12. To whom he said, this is the rest wherewith ye may cause the weary to rest. And this is the refreshing. Everybody said refreshing. Right. Unfortunately, it said, yet they would not hear. So let's not put ourselves in that category, okay? All right. I want to, uh, if you would, I'd like to try to share with you a little bit this morning on there's a time coming. Lord bless you. You may be seated. We are... Uh, I'm going to say about 10 days ago, word came that we were going to have a little fall weather. Now, you know, I I was at one time a northerner. Please don't hold that against me. And uh, I got a lot of stripes, right? I'm, I'm white, and I came from the north. Wow. Terrible. Terrible, you know. But I'm working on my tan, and... Uh, and I, I think I left the northern stuff behind. I've been down here 45 years. I'm in the 45th year. And uh, actually, it might be 47. I came down here to go to school. And uh, that's when I got witness to it and came into church. And uh, So that was a long time ago, and it definitely seems like a lifetime ago. But uh, up north, you can a lot in a lot more, in an easier manner, 
you can discern or tell the difference between the seasons. The uh, spring is, you know, just very springy. And then you roll into the summer and it, it gets hotter. And then um, you hit the fall. And one of the things that helps you to know that, not only the coolness that begins to come in, but also the leaves begin to change on the trees and there are some beautiful and bright and vibrant colors and of course then there's the raking of the leaves so uh, that's always nice we used to like to play football in the autumn because when you got tackled you'd land in a big pile of leaves and it didn't hurt so much that was all the kids in the neighborhood but anyway and then winter came. Well, you knew that because it, it got bitter cold and it, it began to snow. Of course, for some down here, possibly right now, you may not even know. Maybe you've never seen snow. And it's uh, white, fluffy stuff most of the time, but sometimes it can be very wet and slushy. And uh, so, anyway, it, but you know what? My point is, is that if you pay attention in Florida, you can realize that there's four different seasons. And people sometimes poke fun and say we don't have that, but we do. You just have to be a little more discerning. You have to be a little sharper. And uh, so I'm saying somewhere in the neighborhood, uh, I'm not trying to be accurate, but something like 10 days ago, they begin to, uh, the newspaper and on the radio, they begin to let us know that a cool front was coming in and a little bit of fall was going to begin to make an appearance. And I'm thinking this morning you might have noticed and maybe the last little bit here it's it's been that way and it's been very refreshing I think at least to me it is I, I think it is to most everybody and um, it's not so cool that you shiver or you know want to uh, put on a big buffalo coat or something you know it's not it's not a bitter winter situation but I realize if you hail from the islands uh, it may be a little bit cold for you because <laughs> you, you may just not do that cool stuff, all right? But, um, but nonetheless, I'm saying if you pay attention, uh, you'll begin to realize that we also have different seasons down here. And uh, it's when you come through the heat of the summer, and I'm going to say especially here, you see, because up, in New York, for an example, in upstate New York, you can go out in 40-degree weather and just wear a sweater, and it's you don't feel very bad because the air is very dry. But here where we live, for an example, our rain is really wet. <laughs> and uh, we have this stuff called humidity, and it's water in the air is a simple way of saying it. And... Um, and so that wetness kind of goes through you, you know, and, and you really feel it. And um, so we have this humidity to contend with. And, and it gets in the, in the summer and the humidity, it has a tendency to cause a, a height of the heat index. I'm not trying to give you a weather or science lesson this morning. I, that wouldn't even be very good for me. But um, generally speaking, I'm trying to say it. Uh, with the humidity, there are some places that have very low humidity, whereas we have high humidity. 
and uh, it makes a big difference on how the heat, shall we say, is, is going to be affecting you. And um, so there are things that we have that are noticeable to us who live here. And uh, especially, I will say, to those who visit, because they may not identify it, they may not know what it is, but, whew, you know, wow, it's really hot down here, you know, and they start all that stuff. And so, um, anyway, that's when you thank God for air conditioning, right? <laughs> and you, you uh, I, my vehicle has been in need of getting behind me, and uh, he's got the part, and I just haven't got the vehicle to him, but... Uh, uh, my air conditioner in my truck has not been very cooperative. And uh, I'll tell you what, if it sits out there and that heat builds up, plus it's a dark vehicle, so it's about 10 degrees hotter, uh, drawing all that heat in there, and uh, my air conditioner not working so well, it's not overcoming uh, that heat very well. But I have a remedy for it. I get on the road and I do about 80 miles an hour. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> You try to get the air flowing through that radiator, you know. But anyway, I'm only kidding a little bit about that. Seriously, um, a little bit. <laughs> a little bit. Some of you can't laugh too loud now because you passed me. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Uh, I've got one dear individual that uh, uh, recently, wow, I've got a couple of, couple of them came in pairs, you know. But we're praying and hoping the Lord will help her and bless her. And get rid of the points at least, right? But anyway, I'm simply saying that that uh, you feel a big change when you come out of the heat, especially the high humidity heat, where you know the thermometer is saying 96, but with the humidity, the heat index is over 100, and so you. You know, you get into that air conditioning, and you're like, wow, this is oh, nice. You know, I needed that. And um, so you're really not happy when the air conditioner goes on the blink or quits or something like that. But you, and of course, when it does and then you get it fixed, you're a little bit more appreciative of that air conditioner, shall we say it that way, because it gives you what we call a basis of comparison. You know, it, uh, right? I think we've been in here, and usually it's a Sunday when it goes, and uh, or maybe a maybe a little threatening thunderstorm and and a bolt of lightning or something affects a relay or something and burns it out. It's just a little old part, and it, you know the part is ten cents, but the labor charge is two hundred and ten cents, and you know, <laughs> and you get it fixed and and you're back in business again. So we appreciate we get that comparison. We get that comparison. Well, when we realize that we're born in sin and that we're shapen in iniquity, and I like to often say misshapen in iniquity or lawlessness or without the word, without the truth of God, without any order in our lives. Uh, and this is how we you know, came in and sparks flying upward. That's what our life was like. And we're full of trouble. And uh, but we don't we don't know anything else. We don't have a basis of comparison in most cases, and uh, this is just how it is. But one day, right by the grace of God and the love of God, 
we get witness to. And uh, that means the church that Jesus gave birth to in Acts chapter 2 in your Bible, the one that was foretold of in the Old Testament right up to the time it happened, um, that it, it's out doing its job. And God's Spirit is continually moving. And uh, somebody asked me, a uh, young aspiring preacher asked me, said, what does it mean when it said that greater works than these shall you do? said, Jesus did everything. He raised the dead and he opened the blind and so on and so forth. How, how can we do greater? And I said, well, it's, you're looking at it wrong. I said, you're looking at what he did in as terms of the miracle, the act. I said, but that's not what he was talking about. He was talking about that he, through the church, would give birth to many and that he would work through them, through the power of his spirit, and they would go into all the world where he, in the days of his flesh, was limited to a small area known as Israel, and, um, and that the, the number of people that he had contact with and brushed shoulders with was a small population in comparison, especially as the world grew and was discovered and migrated more and more. And that's why it said greater works than these shall you do, because he was going to birth his church, he was going to launch his church, and send it into all the world. And that's why he said, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature, every living creation. And that's what the church has done. And that's how I got the truth. Because the truth came all the way over here and, and got here. And um, I, I don't know about you, but I was in, um, I, I do know about you. I know that you have these experiences. Of course you do. But um, you can suddenly find that uh, on your, the hem of your skirt or in the cuff of your pants, uh, that maybe you've got some kind of little foreign element, maybe a seed of some kind, that the wind blew a flower seed or something. Uh, maybe you were where they were cutting grass and the grass was being then blown up and, and it, or wind got it and it, it got in you. Uh, so, so it is that the, the church moved upon, if you please, the winds of the earth and, and begin to migrate and begin to catch on to things and Catch a ride on a boat and come on over, whatever. And now it's airplanes, isn't it? And, and so many other things that have increased in knowledge, as the Bible teaches it would. And, and the, but the church rode upon those things and used them. It's okay to use things to the, to the good of the furtherance of the gospel. All right? We, there, are, there are inventions that wouldn't be bad. If they or the invention itself isn't bad, but it's the use of it. We've often said maybe it's not what you do, but it's how you do it. And so it's not so much. We've never been against the invention of televisions, but we sure are against how it's used and how uh, what how the way that they use it with all of the filth and the garbage. And, you know, there are so many other things. I'm not really against your little thumb exercises that you do, but um, that's a nice little computer-type situation. But I, I don't like the blood and the gore and the, and the war and the fighting and the hatred and the murder. And, you know, that's why we've got kids, you know, going into schools and blowing people away because they, they, their mind subliminally has been evil-affected. Did you ever read that terminology in the Scripture? Evil-affected? Minds that were evil-affected and got people to do things that weren't right, like crucify Jesus got in among the crowd and got saying stuff and uh, 
pretty soon, you know, here's Mr. Pilate saying, I, I can let, it's a feast time, and I can let somebody go, and how about I let him, you know, the king of the Jews, I let him go. And they begin because of those that infiltrated. Now, what's infiltrating your heart? And so it began to infiltrate. Now, is there anything wrong with talking? No. Is there anything wrong with, with trying to communicate? No. But there is something wrong when your communication is evil. There is something wrong when your words are bringing unbelief and doubt and fear and hatred and violence and so on and so forth. And that's what happened. They stirred them up until their minds were evil affected or affected in an evil manner. And they, as he said, I'll let them go. They begin to chant and say, crucify them. And all those devils were pulling together. Evil spirits showed up that day like maybe, you know, uh, I've heard, I've read that uh, somebody would be up on a ledge or on a bridge and they, and they were threatening to jump. And the crowd would begin to gather in and they would start chanting, jump, jump, because suicide spirits would get in there and would evil affect their hearts and their minds until it, they became cruel and they became violent. And they became hateful. and All the wrong uh, characteristics of the flesh were coming out. And um, so, consequently, not every invention in and of itself, the man that actually invented television, I believe, came from Scotland. And uh, he thought it would be, he want his desire and the motive of his heart was for it to be used for communication between nations to make for peace. And his own son, grown then at the time of the statement, he said, if my father was alive to see what, it, what it's become and how it's used, today he said he'd, he'd be rolling over in his grave, is the old expression, right? And uh, so I'm saying to you, there are things, and you've got to admit to yourself, surely, that uh, things that are portrayed openly in living color, uh, words that are spoken, acts that are visualized, that they're not good. They're not good at all. And that, you know, it's not just bad for your child, it's bad for you too. And another thing to remember is that they're well capable, and they've proven it, that they can, they can take adult themes and, and carnal, I should say, adult themes. And they can put them in cartoons. And they can get it through to the children at a very early age. And they do, and they have. And I'm saying to you, you've got to pay attention to what's going on in our society. And um, all of these things, if I would like to say, bring a, a heat to our world. Uh, a rising temperature in tempers and in attitudes and um, giving vent to much flesh and to sin and darkness, helping to promote all of the things that the enemy uses. And, you know, the Bible teaches of him in the book of Ecclesiastes that he, he's the one that has brought about many inventions. And in bringing about those inventions, he has corrupted people. 
and, and, and of the many things that he gives to them, to our society, that the, uh, their appetite is not satisfied. And they still want more and more and more. And the more they get, the less that they're fulfilled. But Isaiah, that we read a little bit here, foretold and prophesied. And he told us that there was a day coming where God was going to break this thing down uh, and put it on a, on a level that you could identify with, that you could relate to, that you could experience. And he said, I'm going to make it that my word is going to get through to your heart. And yet he said, unfortunately, there will be some that, and I want to make that clear in subject matter, that there would be some. It wasn't intended to mean everybody, but that there would be some that would not hear it. I actually had a grown man that uh, he, he took a bad turn. He listened to an evil spirit, and um, he, uh, he threw something out at me, and I, and I began to answer him with chapter and verse. And... Uh, when I did, he covered his ears, kicked it, covered his ears and said, no, 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 I don't want to hear it. Okay. <laughs> Wonder why not. <laughs> why wouldn't you want to hear it? You know. Well, I'm saying to you that, that there are things in this life and spirits, rulers of darkness, principalities and powers in high places that are have infiltrated deeper and deeper over generations and generations and thousands of years and have grown in their dominion in the earth to the point that our society at large is evil affected. And there are people that are on a steady diet, a steady diet. And so it should really be when you see and hear things that you should not wonder so much. You should say, and no wonder that it's like this. Not wonder, but no wonder why it's like this. Because of what the world is feeding on, what they're being spoon-fed, if you please, what's coming to them. And it's a programming. It's a constant programming. And you know, Kids that, for an example, and I'm not just saying the children, but I'm going to give you an example with them, that are continually sitting down and they're, it's not the invention of the thumb exercises, okay? It's, it's even been said sometimes the, it improves the hand and eye coordination. Uh, so is there some good? Sure there is. But does, it depends now what we've got going on in the name of software, if you please, or the game itself. And um, when, when it's filled with violence, when it's filled with, with promiscuity, when it's filled with immodesty, when it's filled with uh, evil words, okay, and themes and so on and so forth, that um, this continuation, you know, this, this gets programmed and this heart gets darkened. And uh, that's why you're seeing a rise uh, in, in the murderous aspect of our society 
and, and the attitudes and the bewilderment that we have, you know. But it's sometimes it's a bewilderment because we're covering our ears and we're shaking our head and we don't want to hear the right answer. We don't want to admit. And sometimes we don't want to admit because it's not the kids. It's you that want to watch it. It's you that want to do it. And here we are. We're called now. Church has made its appearance. The grace of God has made its appearance in our lives. And we are above all people most blessed that we have been given the truth. And we've got to make up our minds that God showed us the difference because we were in the, we were caught up in the, we were melting under the heat of everything. And our, uh, Jesus said it, you know, come unto me all you that labor and are heavy laden, that you're perspiring and you're, 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 you're loaded down and you're bent over uh, because of the burden that, that life is. And now, he said, you come to me like the little lady that was bent all the way over, head where the feet are. And, uh, and I've seen people like that. I saw a woman the other day. She had the walker. that she was having to look very carefully as she was going down the sidewalk because, you know, when you're upright, you can see and you have a greater area of your focus. But she could not. Hers was very narrow, and she had to really be careful so that she could, you know, not, so that she would not trip over something that might be in her way and that she didn't see it or curb even a rock or a stone of some kind. And I'm saying to you that that we live in a society where people spiritually are very bent over. They're very bent. And and they they do not have a good vision or a good focus in their vision. And their their focal point is narrowed and and they're just not able to deal with a lot of things that are going on and they're they're under a heavy load and a heavy burden of, of life. And they, uh, I saw another man came into a place, and, and he was all bent over. And I, I, he had some type of a spirit of infirmity that, uh, by whatever disease name they give to it, but it's affecting his muscles. And, uh, and it, 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 his hands were deformed, and uh, his speech was horribly slurred because everything was being negatively affected. And, um, and Jesus, in one place, he, he, he talked about a, a woman in, that, he had, that they criticized, you know, because Jesus came, and in, and in his daily going about doing good, uh, he saw this woman, and he prayed for her, and, and they, they, they started getting all, you know, hey, it's our Sabbath day. You're not allowed to do that on the Sabbath day. <laughs> and I'm so glad that the Lord... You know, he just deals with things. He goes right to the heart of the matter. And he just simply said, well, which one of you, if you had a donkey or some other beast of burden and uh, something that was worth money and it fell into the pit, that you wouldn't get it out on the Sabbath day? You, won't, you wouldn't be losing that money. And he said, how much more we have a, a daughter of Abraham has a spirit of infirmity, and she should be loosed from it. She's had it for 18 years. And, of course, in him doing what he did he, and speaking as he did, he shamed them 
And of course, there's some that I don't think have the the sensitivity to even feel shame anymore. And um, I was reading an article about a man who was an actor and uh, was in the magazine. And he'd been married for 27 years. He was 67. He is 67 years old. And um, said that, you know, his the roles that he played, one of them was actually even a, a religious role, and um, other things that he, he did. He was always the nice guy. And people said in, in his, that knew him in life, uh, when they thought he wasn't acting, you might want to remember that part, uh, that he was just the nicest guy and that they had so much trust and faith in him. And boy, what a man, what a great guy. He's just a nice guy. He'd just go out of his way to do anything to help anybody. And then his wife discovered, his wife of 27 years, discovered that he was a pedophile. Praying on kids. And uh, so his psychiatrist opened up and told that he was a narcissistic personality and that he was a sociopath. And so I, um, when I mentioned it, the article to my wife, she said, Feld, she said, how can he be a sociopath? I said, those that would mean he's antisocial. And I said, oh, yes. I said, because in his heart, he really does hate people. <laughs> I said, but they become, they put on a facade of do-gooders, you know, because they, it's a front. It's, it, he wasn't just acting on the screen in the front of the camera. He was acting in life. And, um. So I'm saying that there's a lot of people that are masquerading. There's a lot of people that are going about taken over by many different things in life. But one day, one day, by the great, and you know, you've got to look at these situations, church family, and you've got to say, but for the grace of God, there would I be. And I've said it before. Uh, we sing that song, I guess, you know, where would I be without the Lord or something like that. There's a portion of it. And I don't want to know. I don't want to think about where I'd be without the Lord. I don't want to do that. I'd rather think about where I'm going to be with him. I want to go forward. I, I don't want to think about. I, I know this much, that without him having come into, into my life, the knowledge of it and the experience of it when I was 20 years old, I, I, I don't even know if I'd be alive, and I know that the road would have gotten much worse, and it was already bad, but it would have gotten much worse. And I thank God for that day when, like the, a man named Saul who became the Apostle Paul, when he got the beat down, and, and he, he said, Who art thou, Lord? And the Lord said, I'm Jesus, and you're fighting me. And we wake up. We wake up to the fact that the way we're living and the way we're doing, the way we're acting, the things we're involved with and interacting with, that we are fighting against God. And we, we get a change for the good in our attitude because the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to us. And it becomes, what will you have me to do? We... we what an attitude, right? 
Now that's the attitude of Jesus. Ruth, I'm uh, finishing the Old Testament, and I read it all kinds of different ways to keep it, you know, going. I mean, 45 years, and so you got to plow the field different way. I saw a field the other day going over, and I said, I never saw that those markings before, the way they did that. I wonder what they're doing and why they did it that way. And uh, so I'm saying that, you know, going through the Bible and reading it through, and uh, I think I've read the New Testament probably over 400 times, and and I'm uh, probably close to 50 times on the Old Testament. And uh, in reading, uh, you just sometimes you start in the middle and go both ways. Sometimes you're at the end, you go backwards. And sometimes you're at the front, you go forwards. And, you know, you just do different ways. If I can figure out how to do it diagonally, maybe I'll do that. But I don't know if I can figure that out. <laughs> but uh, anyway, just saying you're trying to, you know, keep on keeping on here. And so I was reading Ruth again and how that uh, Ruth, was the one that stayed. She stayed. Now, whether you want to preach that the two husbands of Oprah, Oprah and uh, and Ruth, whether they died physically, and we certainly believe that, but we can spiritualize it, that they died naturally, or spiritually rather, they died spiritually, they died naturally, and they died spiritually. And in dying spiritually, that they were no longer they had left Bethlehem. They had left the house of bread. And they said that they weren't happy with the way things were. And so they got out there, and the first thing you know, things got worse. Isn't that just like the devil? He wants people to leave and tell them it's going to be better. It's not going to be better. He's a liar. Wake up. He's a liar. Get out of the shanty town of lies that the devil owns. Get out of it. Having the opportunity that you have. And so, Naomi, mother in law, the mill, she says, Well, it's, it's past time. Let's go back. And she said, Y'all might as well go back to where you came from because I'm too old. I'm not going to have any more sons. And if I did, you're going to wait for them to, to grow up. <laughs> That's not going to work too well. Well, Oprah, she left. And she went back. But not Ruth. Ruth clave to Naomi. And she said, your God will be my God. Where you live, I'll live. And so on and so forth. Your country will be my country. And so she could not dissuade Ruth. And, and Ruth hung in there and went forward and showed that kind of commitment and determination. You know, if you're looking for an excuse, there's always.
Father's Day card at all times. 
people voted to say, without you, your message would be herself and followed the instructions. But next thing you know, according to the word, that aren't looking for a Jesus. As I said, that old Jesus that had a Jesus that will be supplied. They're, they're not living for the true Jesus. They didn't say it's the Jesus. They, they desired another Jesus. It was opportunity to go back and so there's, there's that opportunity. There's those reasons that are presented on a, on a platter if you there's always ways to twist and to rationalize and to make excuses. But all it does is reveal your heart. And God knows the heart. And uh, how great it was when that day prophecy was fulfilled that God said, I'm going to make this so easy. I'm going to give it to you precept upon precept. I'm going to give it to you line upon line. One translation said, you know, broke it down to baby words, you know. <laughs> I remember some kids that couldn't say refrigerator, they called it the refrigerator. And I also remember when they said, don't call it Miami, they said, that's, that's not your Amy, that's Miami. You know. So, <laughs> sometimes things have to get down on a certain level, right? Well, God said, I'm going I'm to put it right down there on the level, level for you. I'm going to give you stammering lips and speak in another tongue. Yeah. It's going to be a refreshing, refreshing. Well, in the book of Acts, the church is up. The church is running. Things are moving forward. Everybody's getting excited. They bounced out of the upper room. Even Mary, the mother of the flesh, 
filled freshly with the Holy Ghost, but years now are, are starting to go by and the church is strengthened and going forward and reaching people. They're about God's business. When you come to chapter 3, repent ye therefore, verse 19, and be converted. You know, there are forces that we have to deal with. If I drop you in the ocean, internal pressure to offset that external pressure. And the church can put the kind of everything you need inside of you to keep you from caving in. You know? And he said, repent ye therefore and be converted. Every day we deal with things. Every day we battle with spirits. Every day there are these things that the enemy is trying to introduce to our hearts <clears throat> to crush us. But I have news. The Word of God has news for Satan because he, he did say that Satan would be crushed under our feet. So we're, you're in the church. You're, in the winning, you're on the winning team. You're on the winning side. And you're going to have the victory. And he always causes us to triumph. Okay? So... We, we've got so much to look forward to. And the enemy would like to rob you of when you get that vision. He wants to take it away from you. He, wants to, he blinds the minds, the Scripture says. He wants to block that out. He wants to get you so stooped over that you're not able to see things as, and have as good a focus as you should have. And the Lord wants you to be able to stand upright. He wants you to have good vision. He wants you to, um, we used to say in Acts 20, 20 vision. And um, so we want you to be able to see this thing with real good eyesight. I've, I have my little magnifiers here, and they do make things a little easier. And uh, But I, I, I remember going in and got my first eye exam in, in oh, God knows how many years, decades. And uh, I came out of there because I read every last living line. Right down the itty bitty bitty. So I was feeling a little bit of crow, you know. So I told my wife, I said, jump up there and crow, girl. <laughs> I said, I read them all, you know. So uh, so I, I, want, I want to say that God can give us what we need. And to withstand, he did say, the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. Come on now. He said, I'm going to give you a refreshing. And I'm saying to you, and getting close to conclusion time, that God labeled this experience, this salvation, as a refreshing, a rest and a refreshing. Let's not be, let's not categorize ourselves with them that, wouldn't hear it. Let's be among that group that was in the upper room, if you please. 
They left. They just went forward and did right, and in so doing, the other folks split off and did something else. And we don't read about them anymore at 380 plus, but we do read about the 120. We do read how that God used them and how that they increased and multiplied and the work of God went forward. And here we are around 2,000 years down the road, and we're partakers of that benefit that the church has done what it's supposed to do, and it keeps on doing what it's supposed to do, and you want to be a part of that keeping on, keeping on. Everybody said amen? All right. And so repent ye therefore and be converted. We need, we need that changing every day because there are forces that are trying to bend us out of shape. As I said, a misshapen by iniquity. We are surrounded by lawlessness, okay? But where sin doth abound, grace doth much more abound. So God can give us what we need, and he does it on a daily basis. And we keep a good, healthy schedule around here so that we can be involved in, in spiritual things that will uh, increase our strength. That we can have a, a proper internal strength to stand up and to say no when it, it's proper to say no. And if we err, we're going to err on the side of conservative. Okay? Better to, you know, lean that way a little bit. What did Toby Mac say? Lean with me. <laughs> well, if we're going to, our leanings should be towards biblical conservative. Okay? A biblical conservative. We should lean that way if we're going to lean. Okay? I'm looking for balance. I really am. Got on the scale this morning. I don't think I was balanced too well because it, it kept the number kept changing. And most of the time we want the number to go down. I'm trying to get the number to go up. And if it goes down, my wife just gets madder at me. So I'm I'm trying to get and I'm looking at it. Like, come on, come on. You know, go up to a certain number and then start going down. You know, come on. And I, I remember one time the kids put the Wii on. And, you know, I guess the, this was a long time ago. Long time ago. I mean, a couple of years ago anyway. Three or four or five years ago. And um, so they said, come on, you want to, I don't know, get signed in or whatever they call it. And so they had, you stand there and, and, and you got to get the bubble to go in the middle. I don't know what it was. What it was. And, uh, you know, I, I, I got to admit, I used to pride myself on balance and coordination and things like that. You know, me and Tom were doing backflips and whatever. And, and uh, I'm watching this thing go all over the place on the screen. Why can't I get it to balance? Why can't I get it to go right? <laughs> and I, I finally came to realize that I wasn't using my feet properly and I wasn't using my toes properly. And when I discovered, got that revelation, it all settled down and I got it perfectly centered. And that made me feel a lot better about myself. And uh, But I'm simply saying there are forces, church family, and sometimes there are things, external forces, and sometimes there are things that we have at our disposal that we're not availing ourselves to. I'm saying to you, we keep a very active schedule around here. Okay? Very active schedule. Until on a Thursday, we almost don't know what to do with ourselves. Because that's a kind of a day off, a night off anyway. Other than that, we're, we're here. We're doing. We're involved. 
and you can be as involved as you want to be. And maybe you might think of it as involved as much as you need to be. Because I'm telling you, there are pressures and there are forces. And we are not wrestling against flesh and blood. We're wrestling against principalities and powers and rulers of darkness, spiritual wickedness in high places. Okay? So he said, we, so I'm saying we need, we need to change. Not, not a change of things that are constant and forever settled in heaven type things, but there are things about us that need change. There are things about us that need converting, okay? And he said, and the reason is that your sins may be blotted out, okay? So there's a constant, I've told you, particulate matter in the air. Um, I'm very happy about the industry that we have in our area here. But I want you to know I saw the biggest, baddest, darkest, smokiest cloud the other day. And I said, oh, they're burning off a field. But I'm, I'm telling you, it looked like an atomic bomb went off or something. And uh, I, I hope that it does what they say, that it just dissipates and it's, you know, it's kind of like when the guy goes with the blower and gets rid of the cut grass. That's got to go somewhere, you know. So I guess that cloud dissipates, but it goes somewhere. There's some of that that goes somewhere. And, uh, but maybe that's low pollution. But there are things in our world that are high pollution. There are things that do make for what that word that was brought about, smog, you know. And there are people that live in areas that they don't see the sun very much because of that. And... Uh, there is even volcanic ash that winds up from the wind coming over certain Hawaiian islands that blots out the sun for them during certain times of the year. Okay? So there are things that blow in, if you please, that you may not, sometimes you may be more uh, able to visualize it, and there's other times when you're, you're wondering what's going on, you know? But I'm saying to you that you've got your awareness factor needs to be there because he said, repent ye therefore, and be converted. There's some things going on here. And he said, in doing that, your sins can be blotted out. Well, we want to blot out all sin, don't we? We want to get rid of that stuff. And uh, think of it as cancer. You don't want any of that. And they say, one of the best remedies for cancer is early detection. Early detection. So that's the old saying of nip it in the bud, right? Okay. So he went on to say that your sins may be blotted out when the times of refreshing, the times of, boy, that's just coming out of that high, humid heat and getting into that air conditioning. You know, pre-service prayer and then church service and prayer meeting. These things are designed to give you that refreshing. And God's Spirit comes blowing in, and the power of God is moving, and, and you can go out so much differently than you when you came in. And it's a good difference. It's a good difference. Uh, I'm going to close what I'm going to tell you from an example from the book of Philemon. 
He said, for we have great joy and consolation in thy love, verse 7, because the emotions of the saints are refreshed by thee, brother. Now, you know, you can... Somebody who brings blessing, I'm not concerned. Somebody who brings harmony, I'm not concerned. Somebody that and somebody who's coming out of what did it say that you find yourself with heaviness towards the So he said here, great joy and consolation in thy love. And you've refreshed my emotions and my my inward emotions, my feelings. And it's a refreshing thing, brother. It's a refreshing thing. The same book, verse 20, he said, yes, yea, brother, let me have joy of thee in the Lord. I like that prepositional phrase, in the Lord, okay? Let's remember and let's keep it what is our source of joy in the Lord. He said, refresh, refresh me in the Lord, refresh my emotions in the Lord, okay? So this is designed to be a refreshing. And it, it's showing us, it's showing us a need. Uh, how about Romans? Romans chapter 15. Romans chapter 15, verse 32. That I may come unto you with joy by the will of God and may with you be refreshed. Refreshed. 1 Corinthians 16 and 18 reads on this wise. 1 Corinthians 16 and 18. For they have refreshed my spirit and yours. He was was, uh, commending some brothers and sisters in the church. And he said, for they, they have refreshed my spirit and yours. Therefore, acknowledge ye them that are such. Point out people that are of that attitude. They, they're uppers. They, they lift you up. They hold up your hands. They encourage you. They strengthen you. They're a blessing to you and to everybody. Everybody said, praise the Lord. Therefore, we were comforted, which is 2 Corinthians 7 and 13, in your comfort, yea, and exceedingly the more joyed we for the joy of Titus. One time I preached on the joy of Titus. Because his spirit was refreshed by, and then the southern came in, y'all, <laughs> by y'all. Okay, refreshed. Again, that word, refreshed. Second Timothy 1.16, subject matter for you this morning. The Lord 
give mercy unto the house of on oh that's a funny word on Cyprus for he hath oft refreshed me that's the apostle pronouncing that and he said and he was not ashamed of my chains all all of the difficulty that the apostle found himself going through all of the times that he was imprisoned for the truth all of the times that he was ridiculed and beaten and many other such things. They weren't ashamed of that. They stood by him. They went through this with him. And he said, they refreshed me. And he went on to say, the Lord have mercy on them and on their house. Well, don't you want the apostle to pronounce and pray that there'll be mercy on you and on your house? I'm sure you do. I'm sure you do. Everybody said hallelujah. So, God, I'm trying to say, has set things up in a manner and in a way that in the church that we can be oft or often refreshed. Often refreshed. Church, prayer, worship, praise, all designed to, a part of it is designed to refresh you. Another word is to renew you. A man that, a biblical man that you, a judge, that you're somewhat versed on, by the name of Samson, and how that he took the jawbone of a donkey, and he slew the enemy, heaps upon heaps, and then he slung it away. Be careful you don't throw away the very thing that God will use, because and discard it, and treat it lightly, because, you know, the Bible said that Samson, after this battle, and I'm trying to tell you, we wrestle, there's a battle, there's a war for your soul, all Scripture, and that the Scripture said that when he threw it away, and then he began to pray to God, and he, he said, you've given me this great victory, am I now going to die of thirst? And God took the very thing he threw away and brought water out of it. And that he drank from it, Samson did. And the Bible said he was refreshed. He was refreshed. So I'm trying to tell you, don't throw away things that are the church practices. Don't treat those things lightly. The things that we do have been handed down. And they're from the Bible. And they're here to help us. They're here. They're designed to refresh you. They're designed to make you feel better and feel stronger and feel happier. You know? Let's stand together. Stand together. I am saying to you, in very much in the conclusion here, that you want to Pick up like we have in the last few days. It's cool. Uh, Sister Ann came in, you know, she's Mother Nature, right? And 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 she came in and I, I said, Ann, I said, how are you liking this weather? She said, I love it. It's so refreshing. You know, so I'm like, hmm, good confirmation on what I'm going to preach. Very good. Okay. So. I'm saying to you, church family, to 
to be able to, one, you know, one place said that even a tree that's cut down and, and just the, the, the stock is left, that it would begin to bud at the very scent of water. You know, that you begin, your, your spiritual senses begin to pick up. You know, and God said in his word, the times of refreshing follow a good repentance. A good repentance. And, okay, God, I'm, and I'm trying to say, church family, we go through battles. We go through wars. We, we contend with a lot of things. And, and, and the Bible did say we were to earnestly contend. You fight the good fight of faith. Okay? You're not supposed to beat against the air. You're not supposed to shadow box and wear yourself out. You know, you're supposed to hit the target here. Press toward the mark. That's the bullseye, the target. Center ring. Okay? And then he said, Times are refreshing. So, yes, sometimes, sure, we go through heaviness, battles, okay? One man texted me just yesterday from another state, and he said, I'm so sorry, sir, to hear what you're going through right now. And I texted him back an epistle. <laughs> I text back all kinds of scriptures and uh, just a chapter and verse. You know, I, I would take me a long time. Probably still be doing it this morning, right? So, um, anyway, I uh, I texted him back. I gave him chapter and verses and encouragement for him. I hope, and I had no complaints. And church family, I had no complaints. I had no complaints. When we suffer things, the book said, if it's the will of God, and it's for doing right, then he said that's a good thing. That's a good thing. It's a good thing. So I've nothing to complain about. I'm thanking God for much victory. And I'm telling you, get your spiritual senses working. Because I'm sensing a little change, a good change. I'm sensing some refreshing coming. Yeah. I'm sensing some refreshing coming. Yeah, I am. Yeah. Yes, sir. In one place it said that, the scribe, the ready scribe, was to give them the sense. So I'm, if you're lacking sense, I'm trying to give it to you. Okay? And uh, I want you to, in, in your prayers and in your worship, do what the book says. Feel after him. Because he's not very far from you. Draw nigh to him. And he'll draw nigh to you. And he's got bigger steps. Heard one preacher, uh, not preacher, I'm sorry. One brother say years ago, he said, the more I give, he said, the more God gives me. He said, that's because God's got the bigger shovel. You know, he's got the bigger shovel. All right, well, I'm trying to tell you, God is, God is, his, his spirit is moving. There's those angels got their wings going and, and uh, the effect, the good effect of it, the refreshing of it, it's here for you. It's here for you. Stay with the church. Stay with the truth. And the, know the truth of the truth. Dig in a little bit here. Dig in a little bit. You don't have to be superficial. You, know, you don't, you don't want to be that. Because then you'll be easily uprooted and blow away. Amen.
You don't want that. Okay? Everybody said praise the Lord. Let's lift our hearts with our hands as she sings and worships, and we will worship with her. Thank you, dear God. Thank you, my Holy Father. Thank you for life, strength, and good health. Heaven's many blessings. Oh, God, I give you praise, and I give you thanks. You're a great God, a mighty God, a holy God. Yeah, I love you, Lord. Give God the glory. Give God. 